five weeks ago, I woke up because we wound up getting a couple of phone calls for face masks and people that were in our community very concerned for themselves. It was just a very spontaneous thought, to be honest with you. I woke up, I said, you know what, let's see what we can do. Let me see if I can make a decent face mask that can help people. Once my manager of that department, <laughs> he deflated when I told him I want to do another project and something like this. And within that day, we made a decent face mask and we wound up selling 3,000 in that day. Welcome to The In Factor, conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and our next guest has made extraordinary changes to his business in order to assist in the fight to save lives affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. He and his employees at Titan Design and Development transitioned from producing medical supplies and accessories for people in wheelchairs to making two-ply masks to meet the current global shortage. I'm excited and honored to have Ty with us today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. First of all, Ty, thank you for joining us today. It's really an honor to have you here. Today, you, like many others, are my heroes out on the front lines fighting this COVID-19, and it's really, really impressive, and I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let's start by talking a little bit about you and your background. What did you do before you became an entrepreneur, and how did you become an entrepreneur? And tell us a little about your company. I actually started working as a kid in a warehouse that made cardboard. And I worked my way through that, that company for five and a half years from a kid just tinkering around with stuff on machines to becoming a welder and a fabricator and working with their EPA. And, and I always found things very interesting. And I, I like to be you know, a little bit of a journeyman, per se. And I got out of that and started delivering furniture because I was a big, strong kid. And then I got into delivering medical equipment and supplies. While I was into that, Somebody pulled up one day with a custom wheelchair I've never seen before. And it was on a Friday, rainy Friday, 6 o'clock. I just happened to be there late. Never knew what I was looking at. And they were stuck in a tilted position back. And from that moment, I said, you know what? I've never seen one. Let me see if I could fix it. I had it fixed in about 15 minutes. And the hugs and the kisses and the appreciation from mom and dad was just, oh, it was just overwhelming. It was amazing. That's great. So took a pay cut. Found people that did that with the wheelchairs, got into that industry, actually cleaning bathrooms and being a janitor almost. <laughs> and then they saw I had mechanical aptitude and I worked up through the ranks and I became a wheelchair designer, CRTS, and that was my passion. I've been doing that for the past 20 years. And then I came up with a couple of different patents and products. And I have uh, right now five U.S. patents in, in my industry exclusively. And I said, you know, our industry is kind of stagnant. Let me put this to work. Let me see what I can make here and make it better and do better. And this started slow like every other small business. And, you know, sleeping in my warehouse for eight months, you know, I physically did because I couldn't afford my warehouse and a, and a home. And I really started, you know, just getting success little by little by little. And then come 2019, it exploded for me. It absolutely exploded. And it put me in a position to where... 
I could open up the doors. I could take care of people. I could do more. I could contribute more. And that was my biggest thing. I really want, you know, I'm a father now of two little boys, Lucas and Austin, and they're five and six. They're my life. My community is my life now. And I want to make sure that, A, I leave a beautiful legacy for my children. B, that our community will be, be proud of my family and my family name. And C, that we're doing, unfortunately, our government's kind of letting us down at right now, and we have to take care of our own if nobody else is going to step up and do so. So when, you know, I switched gears out of that, you know, here I am, a true entrepreneur, multiple companies under my name, and with the support of the community and, and a lot of people, it's been absolutely amazing. So I heard a lot of great things in there. As you know, we, a lot of the listeners for this show are students and aspiring entrepreneurs, as well as those out there practicing. So I heard a lot of things creating value. It sounds like you were always looking for ways to create value and you were always looking forward and trying to find new and innovative things. You said you have five patents. That's impressive. Are most of those around the design of wheelchair and mobility accessories or are they in a wide variety of areas? One patent is, uh, it, it, I have a couple, three patents pertaining to one product, which is the lift that goes on the back of vehicles that carries wheelchairs and scooters for people mm -hmm. so they can get around. My first patent is a wireless camera and backup sensor because the vehicles have it, but the lifts don't, and the lifts block that. So I, I was able to design and get a granted U.S. granted patent for that product. The other is a wireless remote, so they don't have to get up and transfer back and forth to raise and lower the lift. They could do it from their scooter, or, and that has a built-in accelerometer, so it doesn't go down and drag on the floor as they're driving away, you know, mm -hmm. if they're sitting on the remote. And another one is a custom integrated cover for that same lift, so it opens up like a cabana. And those are my first three patents that I wound up doing within that part. And then I have a couple within the wheelchair accessory where we have a multiple carrier and so forth for the back. So it's all within my industry. And, you know, it's stuff that we have applied and, you know, we are moving forward with. That's exciting. So you've been a very successful entrepreneur now for a number of years and you've learned a lot along the way. And it sounds <laughs> like you've taken advantage of opportunities when they arise and you saw the need as the U.S. began to have to respond to this COVID-19 pandemic. Take us back to how this all started. How did you make the transition and, and what's going on today? Are you continuing to run your other companies or are you exclusively focused on, I think it's making face masks now. So take us back to how this all transpired and what you're doing. Sure. 2019 was an amazing year in growth for us. With that said, five weeks ago, I woke up because we wound up getting a couple of phone calls for face masks and people that were in our community very concerned for themselves. It was just a very spontaneous thought, to be honest with you. I woke up, I said, you know what, let's see what we could do. Let me see if I can make a decent face mask that could help people. Once my manager of that department, <laughs> he deflated when I told him I want to do another project and something like this. And within that day, we made a decent face mask and we wound up selling 3,000 in that day alone wow. to people. That And then I said, okay, we have something here that people need. We were actually you know, starting to charge $10 a mask to facilities. And with our capabilities and so forth, we reduced that cost down to $6 to all our healthcare workers to make sure that they could get what they could. And then we'd start ramping up. And, you know, as everything goes, you know, we had one product and we've been moving through to, an, you know, just 
innovation, you know, and we want to make sure we get a better product throughout. We, you know, so we're getting a lot of feedback and we've been applying those feedbacks to our products. And we have a really nice face mask now. It, it, we're very proud of it. Still able to keep the cost where it needs to be. And we also went off and spun off and started making face shields here in house and also gowns. So we're truly becoming a true substitution for a PPE manufacturer. So were you already making face masks of a sort, or is this a brand new no, product for you? Everything is brand new for us because we were just making wheelchair covers, cup holders, eat oxygen tank holders, tote bags, all that for my industry in the wheelchairs. And this was our spinoff. We had to stop making everything in that sewing factory. I have a welding and manufacturing factory as well within the same vicinity. That's still doing what it needs to do. But as far as the sewing goes and our customers, they, they do understand that, you know, we have a civic duty at this point, picked it up. It's not a hobby. It's not somebody trying to do something. We truly are making a huge impact in our community and parts of our country now. That's so amazing. So this must be a pretty stressful time for you and for your employees. I think you announced that you're going to be hiring 100 employees or something along that line. Yes. When I said that, I meant it. Within three days, we hired over 40 employees. Talking to them on a fast track. (laughs) And we're still hiring. And we just want to refine what we're doing. We want to make sure that we're still making sure, A, our facilities are clean. You know, that we make sure we disinfect and we have protocols in place that they must follow. And we don't want to lose track of that. You know, we don't want to lose the focus. So first shift is all set. Third shift, we got them set. Now we're going to start working on building our third shift. So how is that working? Bringing on all these new employees at one time, that must add a whole level of stress. You know, what kinds of things are you learning? And are there some entrepreneurial lessons in there? You know, there's always a lesson as an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. I've made more mistakes than I ever wanted to admit to, you know, as an entrepreneur, but as long as I don't repeat them, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm proud of myself. Right now, the stress is tremendous, and I am holding all that stress. My staff, my people under me, and my leadership team, they'll never see that. They'll never see that. You know, to what magnitude it really is. And I'm trying to keep morale up. You know, yesterday we had an ice cream truck come by just to treat all the members between shifts, you know, some some ices and stuff. Nice. You know, we're trying to keep morale. I have video games coming for the lunches so then they could get some stress relief. You know, they're leaving their homes now and they're coming to work. They don't have to. You know, they're taking a risk every time they leave their house and they want to and the motivation is there. And, you know, We've had a couple of people sit at their station and they'll tear up because they're nervous about their loved ones, their parents, and then, you know, people in other countries and so forth. And we'll support them. You know, we'll give them a little bit longer break. We'll sit down, we'll, we'll counsel them, we'll talk to them. If they need time off, we'll give them the time off. You know, we're not doing this, you know, for any other reason but to help everybody. So they're on board. You know, we, we have an amazing, amazing team. You know, it seems like during times like this that having a passion and a mission can really help us all deal with the challenge of what we're facing and to come together. And it sounds like those are some of the things that you're pulling on this concept that, you know, helping each other and pulling together, we're all in this together, can really help us all stay a bit more resilient through all of this. Absolutely. We can't do it by ourselves. I'm a limited company. And if a little guy like me can make this kind of an impact, what about these larger companies? 
You know, why can't they be, be even a larger influence and a larger impact? So it brings me to where we are partnering up with some larger local companies that do have a national outreach. And, you know, they've been switching gears. We've had a meeting today that, that seems to be very successful. And it'll get us to a point to where we could be doing hundreds of thousands, possibly into the millions of products in a week. And that's what we need. We need that capacity. That's really exciting. So, you know, when you think about the opportunities that are being created by this crisis, you're having the chance here to talk a little bit about what you've done and to also maybe inspire some of the students and others. What kinds of opportunities and what kinds of other you know, business ideas do you see? Or do you see any that'll be coming out in the aftermath of this experience? Absolutely. You know, I feel as a country, we saw that we need to build an invisible wall around our country as far as not keeping people from coming in, but we need to keep resources here. We were way too dependent on other countries. I think everybody's eyes have opened up and they see that. We need to bring industry back here. We need to bring manufacturing and, and innovative companies back here. And, and let's do what we did best, you know, back in the day, back when my grandfather was, you know, running machines and so forth. We were the best in the world as being entrepreneurs and manufacturers and developers. It's in our DNA to be entrepreneurs, I think. That's what brought a lot of people to this country. So, you know, a lot of people went offshore because of labor. You know, you hired 40 people right after you made that announcement. Do you believe we have the labor force to do what you're talking about? And then some, and then some. We don't need the help. We have so many people, especially now there was, and I'm very proud that we're able to bring these people back on. There's been a lot of layoffs because of the state shutting down certain counties and so forth. Now the entire state of Florida is on the stay-at-home order. So a lot of companies have shut down because of that. And within, luckily to us, it's within the textile industry. So we've been picking up so many talented individuals that have gotten behind that machine and been able to rock and roll from go. So it's been beneficial to us and our initiative. And have you been running into challenges with getting supplies and materials that you need? Somewhat. You know, there's been a couple of people that, you know, need to get their hands slapped because they've been inflating the prices some, and it's not necessary because they've already been, you know, everything's here domestically and there's still increase in pricing because of the demand. There's other companies that have stepped up and taken care of us, but I saw this curve coming a while ago. So I have secured a lot of the raw materials that we need to be able to get over a million of everything that we're doing. Right now, we are having a little bit of shortage on the plastics for our face shields, but I was able to secure that. And I think we're looking okay so far. And I'm trying to keep everything domestic. I'm, I'm not importing. There was a couple opportunities to run overseas and get N95s here in a snap. But a lot of people, I was trying to get some pre-orders. People don't want stuff from China anymore. They just don't want it. And so I'm not going to put any more resources to that. I'm going to stay in my lane and take care of what we need to here. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things you're doing, you're selling product, but you're also donating product, right? Yes, we yeah. are. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little about that process. Well, locally, we've been donating to our local law enforcement, you know, our first responders, fire departments, different food galleries, you know, people are donating food and anybody that comes to us in a true nonprofit, we've been cutting the cost of the mask by half for them to help them out. I wish I could donate to all. I, I can't. 
And now, you know, I'm not Mark Cuban. I don't have that kind of resource, but... Not yet. Um, <laughs> when we do, then we'll be sharing more. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll have that generosity that, you know, a lot of people that I emulate in life uh, have done in the past. But we're doing our part on a small level. Um, you know, if we were to put money on it, we've donated well over $30,000 worth of our products, you know. Well, good for you. And thank you for that. Like I said, you and others out there that are making it possible for all of us to stay safe during this are my heroes right now. So we're seeing a good response from many businesses. As you said, there are a few that I think are unfairly trying to take advantage of it. But, you know, we're seeing some landlords that are deferring rent and some other companies. I know I've seen some of the microbrewers who are doing some hand sanitizer and other things like that. What do you think other business owners, especially in the Tampa Bay area, might be able to do to help facilitate this recovery process and and keep us safe? The biggest thing is if you're truly not an essential, you know, the governor went ahead and said, you know, they have this mandate saying, okay, all these businesses are exempt from the stay-at-home order. It's a very broadened and generic list. It says, okay, manufacturing. Why is all manufacturing exempt? It shouldn't be. If you're manufacturing calculators, we don't need that. You know, just you know, be more specific about the stay at home. The best thing you could do is if you're not an essential business, keep your people at home. And that's what they've been preaching and preaching to us, right? Take heed, be responsible, be a responsible business owner. You know, care about your people enough, then your pocket. Keep them home. We're all in this together. We're all hurting together. We'll recover together too. You know, the companies that are essential, look at your resources, see what you could do. You know, take the blinders off, look in your left and right lane and see how, you know, you could maybe potentially offer companies like ours a little bit of a hand as well, you know, to get to the initiative that we need to, you know, to accomplish it. You know, a lot of people just, you know, unfortunately still just worry about, you know, what's happening to them. And I understand that, you know, we all have balance of people, we all have children and families and and our responsibilities. But there's a lot of resources and machinery and smart people that could help out. Yeah, so a lot we can all do and do our part. So as an entrepreneur, you know, you never could have anticipated, you know, if you were sitting, I think, six or eight weeks ago and thinking about your business, you wouldn't have been able to to anticipate where you are right now. Has that happened multiple times? I mean, maybe not to this extent, but do you think that's the life of entrepreneurship? And if you were, you know, talking to students or other entrepreneurs, what would you have to say about that idea that something can change so quickly? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that as an entrepreneur? Good point. It changes sometimes for the good or the bad. You know, it depends on what decisions you're making. You know, the first thing that when I became a true entrepreneur, I remember, you know, running to my mom course you know, I was a young man and I was like mom, mom look I made $900 in one week and I was so excited and my mom you know she, she tapped me on my shoulder she said son I'm very proud of you and I'm happy for you but do it for the people do it for the goodness of your heart and the money will follow don't chase the money chase the goodness and she was right yeah that's really great you know my mom was my entrepreneurial role model as well. And she's no longer with me, but the lessons that she taught me are with me. And she was an amazing person too. So it sounds like your mom was as well. She was, she was. And, you know, moving forward, be careful about your decisions. Save your money. (laughs) You can reinvest, reinvest, reinvest in yourself. Yourself, if you believe in yourself, you are the best investment on this planet. 
you know, I'm known in my industry as the boomerang. And it's pretty funny because if you look at my office, I have a boomerang there. The reason being, this is one company I was working on for five years and I could not break through for anything. Finally, I went to the owner. He thought I had brilliant ideas. I was at a trade show. He calls over the, the guy I kept on trying to get through. And he goes, Ty, I tell you, you're like a dang boomerang. You throw you out one window, you come back in the other, hit me in the head. <laughs> and that was probably one of the best compliments I've gotten. You know, and in sales and entrepreneurship, don't give up. If you believe in your cause, if you believe in what you're going to do, do it, make it happen. Don't be a pain on the neck. You know, don't harass people, but be persistent and believe in your cause. I love that. And I love the boomerang concept because, you know, I, I think it was Steve Jobs that says the one thing that separates successful entrepreneurs is perseverance. And I think a boomerang represents that really well. Well, Ty, I know you have a lot to do. I'm, again, very appreciative of the work that you're doing. And there were a lot of great entrepreneurial lessons in what we've already talked about. And I don't know if there's anything else that you'd like to share with our audience in terms of advice. If you had one last piece of advice, I love what you just gave, but if you had one last Thank piece you. of advice to share with, with our listeners right now, what would it be? Absolutely. First off, your word and your handshake. Well, hopefully we'll get back into having handshakes. Yeah. It's everything. It's everything. I built my business on handshakes and my word and my promises. I've not maybe always been able to deliver, but at the end of the day, I make sure I remember and I take care of whoever I made those promises to. That's key because you never know when you're going to need that help. And we can't do this alone. You will need people to help you out. The bucket of crabs, when you're doing well, you have all these people trying to pull you back down, don't let them. You keep on getting out of that bucket. Don't let them pull you back down. And that's it. Keep, you, you know, keep your eyes on what you want. You know, keep your attitude positive. Things that will look worse before it gets better it usually does, and to stay committed. I love it. Ty, thank you again for spending time with us today. Where can our listeners find out more about your company and connect with you if they want? Absolutely. They could go to www.wehavemasks. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Thanks for all that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. 